Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your host, and I am here in Studio A today with a very, very special guest all the way from Eretz Israel, Hanukh Young. Hey, Ryan, how are you? It's so good to be back um, in beautiful, well, I was about to say beautiful, sunny Brandon. Uh, today wasn't a very sunny day, but it is beautiful, and it's great to be here at Beit Tehillah again. Yeah, no, it definitely was not too sunny today, which, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say you brought it with you, because... Uh, well, actually, we need the rain in Israel, so I'll take it back with me. Right, well, whatever it takes. So uh, some of you guys have already met uh, Hanukh in person. He was our tour guide this year for our trip to Israel, and uh, a lot of people got to experience him firsthand uh, doing what he does best, which is showing people who are from Ephraim, the land of Israel. And uh, he has been with us before here on the podcast, and so if you want to go back and learn a little bit about his story, background, and stuff like that, uh, you can go and find that on episode 37, uh, and you can find that uh, either on iTunes or SoundCloud or uh, wherever it is you're listening to this now. You can just backtrack to episode 37 and find it. But today is episode 71, and we are talking about a very hot topic, especially here uh, that's near and dear to our hearts at Beit Tehila, which is the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles. And so uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as a as an overarching subject, but here at Beit Tehillah, we believe that uh, part of what is bringing Messiah is the reconciliation of the family of God, of Israel, which is the, the Jews and the Gentiles between Judah and Ephraim. And so I don't know if you agree with that or what your thoughts are. Well, you know, I can sum it up in one word, absolutely. Um, it's the whole enchilada. It's everything that we're striving for um, because as people around the world in the last three and a half decades have been woken up to the idea that they are part of Israel, not, you know, to replace their Jewish brothers and sisters, but to stand alongside us, um, this has been in the offing for 2,700 years for Ephraim and Judah to reconcile. And the important thing to remember is we're not supposed to be focusing on trying to change each other, but rather to begin working together because, as the prophecy of Yechezkel Ezekiel says, we're to become one in his hand. Avinu Shabashamayim, our Father in Heaven, will make us one in his hand. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that 100%. I think that... Um... You know, I th a lot of Christians obviously listen to our podcast. I don't, I don't know how many uh, Jewish folks or Orthodox Jews are, are listening to the podcast. Although I'd be very interested if if, if you're out there and you're listening, uh, whether it's just out of morbid curiosity or what it is, uh, email me at Ryan at twopraise.net. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on on what we're doing over here. If you have any questions or if, you know, if there's just anything you just want to want to poke the bear, whatever it is, um, would love to to hear from you. But uh, in general, we have uh, Christians, uh, specifically in the, the Hebrew roots bent of Christianity, uh, listening to the podcast. And within the Hebrew roots, and, and within Christendom as a whole, there's two groups of people, um, and, and obviously you can split everything into to two groups, right? But in, in this case, I'm specifically talking about their, uh, 
their ideology when it comes to Israel and the Jewish people. And so uh, I think everybody knows that here at Beit Tehillah, we love the Jewish people, we love Israel, we love the land, we love the Bible, we love the scriptures, and we believe that we are all part of it and that we're grafted into Israel and that we're joining alongside the Jewish people and what they're doing and their work in the land. And so there's also a whole other side of that, which is folks that believe the exact opposite, that in, in some way they've replaced the Jewish people, or that, um, or, or even one that I've heard lately, uh, not lately, but one that I've heard before, which is uh, that the Jewish people that are in the land are not even the Jews. Yeah, the Jews aren't the Jews. Yeah, yeah the Jews aren't the Jews. The right. whole, uh, that comes um, from, I think, a book called The 13th Tribe back in the 70s or 80s or something like that, uh, which has since been dispelled by, by genetic research and whatnot, which is great. It's good that we have modern technology that can get rid of stupid ideas. It's also been dispelled by the fact that, you know, do you think that God made a mistake and has been ingathering the wrong people and rebuilding the modern state of Israel where prophecy is fulfilled on a daily basis, he doesn't make mistakes. No, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. No, he definitely doesn't make mistakes. Uh, and so I guess the question then begs uh, for the folks out there that either need uh, to be strengthened in their their understanding of how Jews and Christians need to be coming together and working together, uh, or the people that are, are maybe kind of raising an eyebrow at the idea while they're listening to this, why should Christians and, and the church as a whole respect Judaism and the Jewish people? I think it's one thing to say respect the Jewish people. It's another thing to say respect Judaism. Right. Um, wh why? Why, why, why should okay. you know, we respect? Well, first of all, we'll start with the, the idea that respect of people with a... Peop okay. Children of... Uh, people... <laughs> okay, let me try this in English. I was sure. about to say it in Hebrew simultaneously. Sure. The very fact that we are worshiping the same God, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm specifying this because when I'm talking about differences, I'm talking amongst Jews and Christians. I'm not including other faith groups, particularly those who you know fly planes into buildings and are busy beheading people. So when I talk about tolerance, I'm not talking about... You know, when I speak of mutual respect, I'm speaking amongst Jews and Christians, uh, Ephraim returning, the mainstream church, whatever, whatever it, all, in, all encompassing. So that's one element. The other thing about it is there's a there's a verse in Yirmiyahu in Jeremiah uh, chapter 46 verse 28 where we're told the following: In due course, I will correct you. In other words, that it's Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king, that's going to do the corrections. We don't have to. So that's number one. But why should the church, why should Christians uh, respect Judaism and the Jewish people? It's the very roots of their own faith. Yeshua, Jesus, grew up as a Jewish guy in the land of Israel. His education was Jewish. His relatives were Jewish. Everyone that he knew, other than the Roman military occupiers who wound up killing him, were Jewish. You know, it's interesting that you say that. So, Jesus is Jewish. Yeah. He practiced Judaism, albeit maybe in a... a, a there might have been some differences. Obviously, over 2,000 years, things uh, evolve. Um, but I would also say that he's a good Jew. Absolutely. Without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt, in fact, if you look at in the Mishnah, in the Oral Law, 
If you look at the teachings of the, of the rabbinic sages of the era, Yeshua, Jesus, what he taught was absolutely consistent with the Judaism of its time, without a doubt. That's, that's, that's an interesting thought. So, so then Jesus is Jewish, uh, and we obviously respect him. So that's, that's I guess, good point number that's, one. That's, that's point number one. Yeah. Uh, point number two, there is that little famous verse in Bereshit, Genesis. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. Um, so, you know, th th that's serious. That's not one of these like, well, kind of sometimes maybe would have, should have, and could have. Um, so even, you know, even for your own self-interest, you need to do that. And the other thing is, I will share with you something that was uh, told to me in August of 2013. I was speaking in a Baptist church in Millbrook, Alabama, and the pastor there, Jared Decker, said something that was very fascinating. He said to his audience that as Christians, their very salvation depends upon their faith in Jesus and the Lord keeping his promises that he made to them for their very salvation. He then went on to say, however, if the Lord Almighty does not keep the promises that he made to the Jewish people and the land of Israel, then how could they as Christians count upon the Lord to keep his promises to them for their very salvation? I, have to, I had to quote that because I can't think of something more powerful to share with people that are out there. Sure. Well, and, and uh, you know, Paul specifically addresses exactly what you're talking about in Romans chapter 11 and verse 29, and he says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And he's referring to the Jewish people at this point, that what God promised is solely based upon the merit of his word, whether or not it happens or not, right? And so when we also get into um, other verses that talk about the faith of Abraham in Galatians, and in other places throughout the scripture, and it talks about how you know his righteousness uh, was it was counted to him as righteousness. His faith was counted to him as righteousness, and it was through his belief that he receives that righteousness. And so, it wasn't just this idea of belief, but his belief that because you, know, you could promise me a Lamborghini, Hanok. You could say, Ryan, I'm gonna I'm I, I'm gonna give you a Lamborghini. I'll leave it to you in my someday. will. You're right. Someday, you know. And I may say, oh, bless your heart. I do appreciate the promise. And it's not that it's not a good-hearted promise, but I may doubt your ability to perform on the promise, to actually... Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, uh, you know, <laughs> no offense. No, no offense. Yes, of course not. That's an inside joke that maybe we'll explain to you another time. Um, but at this point, Abraham's faith was such a big deal because he not only believed that the, the promise from God was good-hearted promise, but he believed in God's ability to perform the promise, and, and this is specifically referring to uh, a child between him and Sarah. Yes. And so, um, you know, it's it's interesting that if we believe that God is able to perform on His promises, and we believe what Paul says, that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, then what chance do we have at, you know, receiving the promises of God if God doesn't fulfill His promises to the Jewish people? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, drop the microphone kind of moments. Because, you know, once you internalize that and chew on it a little bit, there really is no wiggle room for anything else other than 
fulfilling the will of Avinu Shabbat our Father in Heaven. Sure, sure. All right, so basically, so Jesus is Jewish. He practiced Judaism. He's a good Jew. Um, and then uh, we know that, just for our, maybe our own self-interest, that there's a, a, a law of God that says that He'll bless those that bless the Jewish people and curse those that curse them. Yeah. So that's two things here that we have. Any, any, any other little line item bullet points you can give wow. me on that? Wow, you know, I, I, I think that the, those kind of cover everything. Uh, but, you know, Israel itself, the modern state of Israel, is sort of the canary in the mine shaft for the entire Western world. Sure. Uh, what happens in Israel winds up happening elsewhere in the world, um, you know, both good and bad. And, you know, on the, on the bad side, of course, our experience with, you know, suicide terrorism, um, you know, then you began seeing it elsewhere in the world. Um, so people, for their own self-interests, should be looking to do what they can to stand with Israel. Yeah, well, I I agree with that. I think also um, that's that's from a pragmatic standpoint. So that's Absolutely. a that's a completely secular pragmatic standpoint that right. that you know Israel as a whole is the only uh, beacon of light within the Middle East when it comes to Western values and uh, democracy in the Middle East, and so so go the Jews in this case. So goes the rest of the world. You know, I mean, so it's, it seems. You know, it it's. Um, I remember posting something uh, a few years back um, on Facebook. Uh, the European Union had come out you know, for a change against Israel. And I wrote something like, you know, hey, Europe, you got rid of your 6 million Jews uh, and replaced them, you know, with about 50 to 60 million Muslims. You know, so how's that been working out for you? Um, you know, it, it, it sounds facetious, uh, probably because it is, um, but it's real and it's powerful. So I guess the flip side of this coin now would be, obviously, we uh, as a group talk a lot about why Christians, because, you know, I, I think from the inside, our ability to talk to uh, the people that are, are like-minded with us, have a similar belief system as us, it's, it's easier for us to have a conversation and say, hey, listen, you guys should be respecting the Jewish people, you guys should be respecting Judaism, you should be uh, loving, blessing, and supporting uh, the land of Israel. Uh, it's easy for us to make those arguments, to have those things to say, but there's a flip side to this. And the flip side is, uh, should, and if so, why should the Jewish people respect Christianity and Christendom? Um, I think over the years, uh, there's been a lot of anti-Semitism, and so it's easy for people to point out the reasons why um, they should be isolationist or uh, you know, meaning just completely right. avoid them altogether. Maybe you don't you don't curse them. Maybe you don't you know hate them, and you don't go out of your way to 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 do anything negative or speak against them. But you just kind of you stay on your side. I'll stay on my side. But w- you've made a different decision. And so, um, from your side, why is it that the Jewish people should be going out on a limb, so to speak, to respect Christianity and Christians as a whole? Because we're living in a different world. This is not the same world as it's been consistently for the last 2,000 years. There are people in the last three and a half decades that have been woken up out of, seemingly out of nowhere across the entire world with a heart for the Jewish people, the land of Israel, and even the Torah of Israel. Um, That's unprecedented. Never before in the history of the world have people coming from a Christian background 
have absolutely pure love for the Jewish people without trying to subvert us and drag us to the baptismal font and steal our children, etc. So, you know, we, we have a concept called hakaratatov, acknowledging the good. And when I speak to Christian visitors in Israel as a tour guide, I'm always thanking them. And I always look for opportunities to speak in churches, to be grateful and express that to people uh, on behalf of the Jewish people. Um, you know, for the longest time, all we've wanted to do is just, it's like, we're not bothering you. Can't you just like leave us alone? You know, kind of like the, the takeoff on uh, Fiddler on the Roof. May God bless and keep them far away from us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Jewish community has always wanted good, respectful relations with their Christian neighbors, uh, except for a few, you know, blips on the radar throughout history. It hasn't worked that way. So we welcome the idea. We're thrilled. Uh, you know, the majority of our tourists in Israel are Christians from around the world. It's a great joy to me in particular to see because they're coming, they feel, I mean, I can't even describe what it's like for someone to say, you know, I'm a Christian. I don't have any Jewish blood in my veins. There's not a single Jewish bone in the family skeleton rattling around in the closet there. But I get off the plane in Israel and I start crying uncontrollably and I feel like I belong. Well, it's that level of love that the Jewish side of the family needs to open our arms and embrace as well. Sure, sure. And I, and I, um, you know, I think that on both sides, like if you're, uh, if you're Jewish and you hear this and you're thinking, oh man, you know, I just don't know. And you have some sort of an apprehension. I think that the apprehension is normal. Uh, I think also on the Christian side, I mean, I think the apprehension is normal. I think that what's happened is it's, it's, the abnormal thing would be to rise above something in general and to be, you know, uh, you know, open-minded, maybe open-minded isn't the right term, but, um, to be secure in your beliefs enough to rise above the rhetoric and to not just assume that because I have a conversation with somebody or because I share a meal with somebody or because I show kindness to somebody that somehow I'm going to get cooties. And I think that yeah. maybe on both sides, it's what, what happens. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Ryan. And, um, you know, and, and I think that over, over history, there's the, the fair share of, of bad things that have happened. But, I mean, anyone that's listening to this probably has not been a part of that. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would imagine, you know, the thing that's strange is the people that need to be listening to podcasts like this are probably not among <laughs> the audience listening right now. Um, you know, the people listening are the ones that are more disposed personally to these messages, sure. whose parents never raised them with hatred and bigotry and anti-Semitism, um, who are raising their own children, perhaps, in the exact same way, to be colorblind, to be open-minded and open-hearted to all people. Yeah, maybe open-hearted. Maybe that's what I, the, the word I was looking for was open-hearted, because I think that... Um, you know, you can be secure in in who you are and your belief system, and yet still have an open heart for others to show kindness. And I think that we're called to that, anyways. You know, I mean, maybe maybe that's uh, something that it's that common sense that's not so common piece of that that puzzle. Um, so so then back to 
what you were saying, basically, it's a it's a new world is really what you came up with. It's a new this world. Is, we live in a different era today than we did, you know, seventy years ago when the, the land of Israel was created. You have the land of Israel. That's a big deal. You know, I listened um, to some podcasts of some uh, some Orthodox Jews in Israel, and they talk about you know we don't have a reason to fear because we have the land. You know, it it, it was an amazing thing when, you know, people who are into replacement theology that the Jewish people and the promises of God to the Jewish people have been replaced by whatever particular denomination they represent. In June of 1967, when they woke up to the reality that every Christian holy place in the land of Israel was secure and under the protection of the Israel Defense Forces. You know, that's, 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 that's really kind of a mind-altering moment for them uh, the very fact that the only country in the entire Middle East where Christians are not persecuted and killed is Israel. The only nation in the entire Middle East where Christians can be Christians yeah. is Israel. Right. I mean, it's, you know, if someone was hibernating, you know, they woke up to this, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Where did that come from? Well, and it certainly dictates the the theology and eschatology of the day. Um, I would say replacement theology was was a lot more rampant prior to uh, 1948, and that when the state of Israel is back in existence again, and then becomes secure, and then you know as you mentioned 1967, 1973, all these you know over and over and over again, it, it appears that they're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of deal with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? That uh, all of a sudden you have no choice but to go back and reread the scriptures and reinterpret them. You know, because yeah, the, the, and, and anyone who's intellectually honest would have to do that. Sure, of course, without a doubt. Right, or you could just say that the Jews that are in the land are just not the Jews. That's another yeah. way. And, and, to and go you know, about and it. God made a mistake, and you know, and DNA right. lies, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, you know, right. Just say no to drugs. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, what else? Um, I mean, I, what other reason can you think of that the Jewish people should be? Be turning towards because I, I think it's personally I think it's a miracle that they're doing it. You know, I mean that, that you're, you're you being here is is a miracle. You know, it, it's 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 hard to to see yourself involved in something that you know could be termed miraculous, um, but it's the world we live in. In the same way that whenever there's a humanitarian crisis in the world, in Haiti or anywhere else, Israel is the first nation on the scene with a full field hospital. I mean, it was amazing when they had the tragedy in Haiti years ago. Israel was there with a full field hospital before the U.S. and Canada, close by, can get mobilized Yeah, with medical assistance. It was, it was amazing. So Israel has always been trying to be there for the world. Um, so it's our natural inclination to, you know, open our arms, open our, our hearts to people, you know, throughout the world. Yeah, and so I think that the next question would be, you know, on both sides, what does it mean to show respect? I think that we touched on the fact that it's not... The one of the pieces is is uh, that in order to get to the point where we're even having the conversation uh, is that you have to be secure in your faith and who you are, uh, and that your goals have to be correct, you know? I mean, I think that what your your motives and your agenda have to be correct... Um, I think that, that that's a big deal, but what, what does it mean to show respect? I mean, I, I think that sometimes what we're doing is we use these words that seem a little bit abstract and, you know, 
you can kind of put some pragmatic you know right. ideas to it and say this is what it means to show respect it doesn't have to be super complicated it doesn't have to be you know this abstract idea right respect is very simple and again you, you're absolutely right that it has to come from a level of your personal security by saying i don't fully understand why that person believes what they do it's not what i believe but it doesn't matter. It's not up to me to make that person into me. So whatever they believe is fine for them. Well, it's it's up to their conscience. Well, let me ask yeah. you, have you have you ever had the gospel preached to you? I I would like to say in the last 24 and a half years, when haven't I had it <laughs> preached to me? Uh have you ever been given a track? Yeah, you know what's interesting is I could have basically run my own recycling center <laughs> with the amount of paper and Bibles that I've been given. Because everyone's convinced if I only saw this one verse, yeah. that it would, you know, it would, you know, somehow open my open my eyes, you know, the veil on my eyes. Of course, you know, that term used in the New Testament comes from a verse uh, in Isaiah where he speaks about all people having a veil over their eyes. So, you know, the only one that could change this veil thing is Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. You know, it's time for us to let God be God, not try to recreate him in our own image. Yeah. So I, I think then it's it's fair to say that I will probably not be the original orator of something that is going to change your mind, and probably vice versa, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the thing mm-hmm. is... And I, I only say yeah. those things because I, I want the people that are listening to this, especially for Jews in Israel, because especially near Jerusalem, and if you're a tour guide touring Christians <laughs> on a regular basis, then I, I want to give them some peace, because the Great Commission is, is a big deal uh, within Christendom, within Christianity. You know, uh, to go and preach the gospel, the good news to every tribe, every tongue, every nation, you know, from Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I think that there's because that gets said over and over and over and over again, the idea of not doing it or to purport to not do it is some form of heresy in 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 some case. And I think that it 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 kind of ruffles people's feathers or 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 rubs them against the grain and it, so to speak when we're having a conversation like we're having. And I don't think that we're explicitly saying, look, we show respect to people because they're people. And we show respect to people's and their free will because God gave them their free will. And the assumption is being made in this conversation that you've heard it and that I've heard it and that we can now rest easy and just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, you know, that's out of the way. Let, let's get beyond this. And my point, like, exactly. you know, what kind of, you know, ice cream do you like? Uh, you know, <laughs> or pizza. What toppings do you like? Yeah, well, you know, there's, um, there, there's another element to it, and it really has to do with the idea scripturally of having two witnesses Mm. and if one of the two witnesses is somehow you know absorbed into the other one where is the second the second witness you know and and you know again it's you know god in his wisdom did what he did and he's the one who was promised that we would all become one in his hand. That's right. So it's let God be God time. Well, and and I also think that the important piece here is to understand that 
so what is what's the alternative, right? So let's say uh, oh. you're friends with with the Jewish pe- a Jewish person, and you guys have had some cool, interesting philosophical, theological conversations, and you've said your piece, and they've said their piece. You haven't changed, and they haven't changed. So now what? Do we do the Martin Luther <laughs> and you know burn their house down quite literally? Uh, the obviously the answer to that is no. Just in case anybody was misunderstanding what I'm saying, but. The, the point, I think, here is that there has to be an understanding of mutual respect. You don't like somebody coming against you and trying to you know, tell you that what you believe is wrong, uh, but you probably would especially not like it if they did it over and over and over again and repeatedly and day in and day out. Uh, and it, you probably wouldn't be any closer on day 30 than you were on day one of that process. And I think that that's the, the overreaching point is, is not, I mean, I, I, it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, maybe I beat that horse. I, so this, this, you may appreciate this. I, I saw a meme the other day by PETA, the people again, yeah. like for the what ethical treatment of animals. There you go. Okay. And it was talking about not using anti-animal jargon. So don't beat a dead horse. You say, don't feed a fed horse, you know, or, there was like a whole list of, of sayings that we use. OMG. <laughs> I, you, know, I, you know, in Israel, we don't have this concept of political correctness. In fact, we don't even have a term for it. Listen, I, I, that is a big reason to go to Israel. I got That's <laughs> the, among the reasons. So this idea that you can't use verbiage um, about, wow, okay, not going to touch that one. So we're going to have to do another podcast about the reconciliation between humans and animals. Yes. Okay. And there'll be another guest because that's not an area of my expertise. (laughs) So, sorry. So let's, I want to shift gears a little bit. Sure. And talk about the land of Israel. Oh, Um, yes, please. Do you like the land of Israel? Show enough. Show enough. Um, So for for Christians, uh, a couple of things here. We hear a lot of times about, you know, that Israel's dangerous, that we should be, you know, aren't you scared to go over there? There's a lot of this, a lot of that terrorism, yada, yada, yada. Um, should we really be afraid to come to Israel, or should we be packing our bags right now as we're listening to this and come to Israel? And if so, why? Okay, well, first of all, remember, it's God's land, period. That's number one. Number two, um, without getting into a whole subtopic of the American media... Uh, and what they cover and why and how they cover it, let's just simply say that there is an overplaying and an exaggeration of things. Uh, An example would be on a general weekend in the city of Chicago, 20 to 21 people are killed. Okay? Violent crime. Chicago, other cities like Houston. People still go to those cities. I still fly, you know, in and out of, you know, Chicago's Midway Airport. I mean... What's amazing is that's more people in a weekend than are lost to terrorism in Israel in an entire year. Yeah, wow. It's, you know, and the thing is, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself because of your study of Scripture. You owe it to yourself because of your love of Yeshua, Jesus. You owe it to yourself to experience Israel in a real way. And not one of those, you know, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium, kind of on the bus, off the bus, on the bus, off the bus, you know, and where you're told that this is the very rock that Jacob put his head on when he dreamed his dream. Um, You owe it to yourself. (laughs) You owe it to yourself because you will get to see the fulfillment of biblical prophecy 
It will help define you. It will strengthen you. And it will confirm your specific faith forever and ever. Yeah. Do you believe that there, for those that uh, are of the belief that they uh, are grafted in and that they, whatever way they become or, or whatever part of a Ephraim, do you think that there is a permanent place for them in the land? Um, there will be because that's what's been promised to us. Come on, so, so, I mean, I can get aboard with that. So, you know, listen, either it's we believe answer. in a God who delivers upon his promises, or we should shut down this podcast right now <laughs> and all go out and just, you know, go to that pizza with toppings because, you know, there's really nothing else to say. Yeah. So it's, again, we believe that God will deliver upon his promises. He has promised. Now, he has promised. That doesn't mean that the Knesset or parliament is going to vote on that tomorrow. No, for sure. So, you know, but we, we, we also, for anyone to say that we're not living in an incredible era, um, you know, the very fact that, you know, when I was growing up, we were sure that World War III was going to break out at any moment at one of two places in the world. One was the East German, West Germany border. Right. The other was the 38th parallel between South and North Korea. Right. Thank God that has not happened. The fact that the Berlin Wall came down without a shot, the fact that the, the Iron Curtain, the Soviet Union dismantled without a shot being fired. We're living in incredible times. Doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. Doesn't mean there's not still wars. And so, I mean, we're not living in the era of the final redemption yet. But the way to get there is all the people of God working together. Sure. Sure, I agree with that. And I think also... Um, you know, it's a big deal to to consider the fact that if you if you follow the rabbit hole, and I encourage all of you guys to do it, of scriptures that talk about um, Ephraim and who Ephraim is, go figure out who is Ephraim. Because if you're listening to this and you're like, Ephraim, I've heard this, I've also heard it's heresy, either go, listen, do your own research, stop listening to me, stop listening to other people, go find out who is Ephraim. And figure out if there's in some way, shape, or form that you might fit into that that demographic, that title, that category. Because at the end of the day, there is an inheritance in the land. How and and there is a greater Israel, um, which is which is not a popular conversation. But when we ask the question, man, there's a lot of people out there that uh, could be considered Ephraimites. And heck, there's probably more Jews out there than we even know about. How, well, you know, you know, there's lost Judah and there's lost Ephraim, that's without right. a doubt. And how do you and, and how do you fit all those people into this little sliver of land? And the well, answer is you don't, right? You don't. <laughs> you don't. And uh, and the fact is is that God's uh, borders of Israel uh, are different in, scripturally than what we see today. And again, like you said, it's His promise. I didn't say it, so you don't got to come after me. That's right. You know, if you want to go and try to find every Bible in the world and burn it, have at it. It'll be a very exhausting process for you, but um, this is not my words, it's his. And so it's cool because he did promise it. Um, and if, you, if you've if you never heard of that, of that concept, the idea of being grafted in, you'll quickly find out that there is a place for you within Israel without replacing the Jewish people. And then when you realize that you are brothers and sisters with the Jewish people, then it's a whole other idea. Wait, I on top of all of the reasons we should reconcile, it's also because we're family. Oops. What? Yeah. Family reunion, the biggest one of history. Of all history, yeah. Yeah, coming to a town near you. 
And you know, when you when you get to that point, I think that it's it's a big deal. You know, it's it's cool. One of the coolest things for me here at Beit Tehila when I I meet people that are from all different denominations and backgrounds uh, of Christianity. They're Pentecostal, they're you know Baptist, they're Catholic, uh, Methodist, you name it, uh, all, all different backgrounds within Christianity. And the light bulb comes off for whatever reason, whether it be identity, whether it be the holidays, whether it be you know relationship to Israel. They come into the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith for many different, uh, different ways, but one day... I get to have conversations with them, and usually it's centered around the land. I was just having a conversation with a, a guy that, that's kind of new to our congregation, and it, it just, he just, you know, he was he was having the, and what's cool is, you know how some people fake it, but then some people are honest? I like yeah. the honest people. Yeah, you see their eyes bug out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, see, the honest people to me are great because, you know, we were having a conversation, he said, you know, I don't know that I really feel this whole land thing, and I'm just not there yet, you know? Because, you know, especially if you're coming from a, a background of one of the denominations that has a bent against the Jewish people or against Israel. Right. And so then you have these these preconceived notions. I think that um, everyone within Christianity who hasn't done a lot of thinking on it probably has some built-in anti-Semitism that they don't realize, um, just whether it be uh, thought elitism or... or Something along those lines that the what is it you say the Jews are wrong about everything all the time? Well, I don't say it. It's been, <laughs> it's been told to me repeatedly when I speak uh, across the U.S. No one in Sri Lanka or, or when I spoke in Germany, no one ever brought that up. But here, you know, there are people who stand up and of course they say, you know, the proverbial uh, "no offense." And the joke, you know, that Ryan and I have, I share with him, being a tour guide in Israel, when an American says to you "no offense," be assured they're about to offend you. So people say, no offense, but you Jews are wrong about everything all the time. <laughs> I mean, all 14 million Jews in the entire world. Yeah, I, I mean, please, it's just, it's beyond ludicrous. Beyond ludicrous. Well, and it's it's it, it's it's a lack of maturity and it's a lack of respect at, at the base of it. Um, you know, we can we can have differences in how we do things and still not be disrespectful and, and, and rude. Exactly. Um, and I don't even remember where I was going. I was talking about something else. I was, oh, we're talking to Ephraimites because I yes. think that, um, you know, one of the, and I was talking about this gentleman in our congregation. Anyways, it encourages me so much because I get to see the light bulb go off about the land. Uh, because when somebody comes to a congregation like ours and we are on fire for Israel and they see the Israeli flag here and they hear us talk about the Jewish people in Israel and our love and they see the enthusiasm and, you know, it's contagious. And so what happens is they end up with a little bit of FOMO. FOMO means fear, fear of missing, of missing out. out. Yeah. Yep. So they yep. get that FOMO feeling like, why is it that all these people are like, I mean, they're not just like saying this, they're like vehemently saying it. And then they say it like ad nauseum. And then they feed that fed horse over and over and over again. <laughs> and, it, and, and so when they get here, then they are like, well, Obviously, I need to go and search this out because yeah. you know why is it these people have such a, a a big feeling about the land and um you know uh, there's a guy by the name of, of Lars Anderson who uh, or Anarson who wrote a book um, man I forget the name of this book but anyway, it's a whole book on on Jerusalem and why uh, we should care you know oh wonderful I mean it's it's fantastic he's a Swedish guy he actually him and um, and his son-in-law um, and uh, just a whole group of them actually have a 24-hour prayer center in Jerusalem where they're praying 24 hours a day, wow. seven days a week. 
Amazing. It is amazing. And so they have, he, you know, he wrote this book and, uh, I'll, I'll probably, I'll put it in the comments on this podcast. So if you see this podcast on Facebook, uh, I'll put a, a link to the Amazon, um, the book on Amazon so that you can find it there so that I don't leave you guys hanging on this. Um, but great book. Um, and it, it just talks about how Jerusalem, you know, from a Christianity standpoint has a lot of end times, uh, significance, uh, because, you know, Yeshua, when he comes, the Messiah, when he comes, I mean, I guess it's significant for, for both sides of the family. Where are they going to set up this kingdom? Um... Well, you know, listen, <laughs> according to the, uh, the LDS world, you know, it's going to be in Missouri, they were telling me. Well, at least one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, I, I, I quickly struck a deal with them. They can keep Missouri. We're not going to bother them in the United States. <laughs> I love how you call We're, it Missouri. <laughs> well, that's what they tell me, Missouri. Yeah. You know, it, it had a different way. I, I thought Missouri had an I at the end, but again, having grown up in the Bronx in New York City, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, we only spoke something similar to English. Um, and we'll, you know, the, the people of Israel, all the people of Israel, restored Israel, will be in Jerusalem and the land of Israel. Yeah. The well, biblical land of Israel. I mean, where I come from, they call Missouri Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, well. It is what it is. What I did we know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Well, if you're from Missouri, you don't want to call it misery. No. Right. No. I but mean, misery loves company, so you, <laughs> you know you never know. Uh, amen to that. So, um, anyways, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope that the point that you're getting uh, to this is that some, and especially if something's pulling on your heartstrings about the Jewish people and a love for Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. And you're kind of understanding, look, I don't know why I feel these things, why I have a love for the Jewish people, or, or I have a tendency towards things that are Jewish. It, it's quite possible that you might be a Ephraim. And it, at the end of the day, uh, we should have love and respect for all people, but especially for our family. And, you know, I consider the Jewish people our family. And I hope that, you know, after listening to this and doing your own research, that you can consider them... Uh, the same thing as well, and that you'll understand that there's a reconciliation going on, a reunion between uh, the Jews and the Gentiles happening in the earth. And so uh, I'll give you the last words before we close, if you have any other thoughts. Uh, well, I just want to tell people, uh, you know, please stay in touch. Um, my website is kolyehuda.com, K-O-L-Y-E-H-U-D-A. That simply means a voice from Judah. Um, you've got my information about my speaking dates in America um, connect with me, uh, you know, about tours in Israel. You've got a, you know, contact information. You even have one of those magical donate buttons. If you want to help support the efforts, uh, this is my 18th trip to the U S since August, 2013, uh, working on the reconciliation restoration of all of Israel based upon mutual respect. Um, you know, so please be in touch. Uh, I'm on Facebook, you know, actually, People say, well, do you really live in Modi'in, Israel, the home of the Maccabees? Or I see you on Facebook all the time. Yeah, I kind of live on Facebook. So please be in touch. Yeah, no, awesome. And, you know, uh, Hanuk is a uh, unique character, as there's not a lot of him out there. Uh, I don't know of anybody else that is uh, within the Jewish people uh, living in the land of Israel that sees Ephraim and doesn't just raise an eyebrow and think we're a little kooky and weird. Or that we are just conveniently, what, what do they call them, uh, uh, useful idiots, you know what I mean, that support Israel, love Israel, they give, they purchase, you know, whatever, uh, and for whatever reason, yeah, you know, 
but that uh, has a love for Ephraim and sees it as as his kind of his job to show us around the land. You know, I yeah, mean, as that's a, why I became a tour guide. Who else was going to be prepared? To show Ephraim their homeland again. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly right. And so we appreciate you here, Bait to Heal. No, thank I you. So. I appreciate being here. Thanks, Ryan. And so um, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you guys got something out of this. Um, if uh, you want to uh, check more out, as he mentioned, his website is kolyehuda.com, K-O-L-Y-E-H-U-D-A.com. And you can get a lot more info uh, about his uh, his work there. And uh, you can also find us at topraise.net. Tonight we have our final night of Hanukkah service, and so um, we're getting ready to go and partay and eat some donuts. Uh, Judah and Ephraim will party together. Amen. And (laughs) Just the way it's supposed to be. Just the way it's supposed to be. And then uh, for you guys that also want to live stream with us, uh, tomorrow night is our normal uh, Torah study night, but we are having a special guest, none other than Hanok Young, and you are going to be speaking on... Behold, days are coming. Behold, days are coming. So if you want to hear more about the days that are coming from Hanuk, I would encourage you guys to either show up or you can live stream that at topraise.net or on Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, any of the other social media platforms that you guys already know that we're live streaming on. Uh, If you need anything, please call the office at 813-654-2222. God bless you guys and have a great week. Happy Hanukkah.